Thank you very much, Siki and the Money Web team back on your radio tomorrow at 6 p.m. I'm Brad Brown. This is SAFM Sports Wrap. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll chat to Proteas coach Russell Domingo about the departure of Alan Donald. We'll also head to the Monte Carlo Masters where Catherine Whitaker is keeping an eye on the action for us. Day three today. And we'll also chat to the victorious coach of the Schimlers, Franco Smith, about their victory last night in the Varsity Cup. But uh, we start with news on the wires, and Alan Donald has stepped down as the Proteas bowling coach. The 42-year-old was appointed in June 2011 as part of Gary Kirsten's management team and continued in the role under Russell Domingo and, uh, from August 2013. He said that after the World Cup, he had time to reflect and felt that now would be the right time to move on. We'll find out more about that decision uh, from Proteus coach Russell Domingo later in the show. In other cricket news, it is day two of the first test between England and the West Indies at the Sir Vivian Richards Stadium in Antigua. England have been dismissed for 399. They resumed overnight on 341 for five. So big collapse at the end. Uh, one run short of 400 in reply. West Indies five without loss, and that is the score at lunch. In the Premier, uh, in the Indian Premier League today, the IPL, it is match. Nine, the Mumbai Indians up against the Rajasthan Royals in Ahmedabad. India, the Indians, 164 for five in their 20 overs. In reply, after 1.3 overs, the Rajasthan Royals are 11 without loss. The dates and venues for the Nedbank Cup semi-finals have been announced. Ajax Cape Town will once again play at home. They'll host Supersport United on Saturday the 25th of April at 8.15 at the Athlone Stadium while on Sunday the 26th Vasco da Gama travel to the city of Tuane to play Mamelodi Sundowns. That match takes place at the Lucas Moripe Stadium and kickoff is at 3 in the afternoon. Two games in the Absa Premiership to look forward to tonight. Kaiser Chiefs have the chance to take one step closer to winning the Absa Premiership title. They take on the University of Pretoria at the Amatax Stadium this evening. The other fixture sees Bidvest Vishotst Orlando Pirates kickoff is at 7.30 and uh, Chiefs will be out uh, without Itimalan Kune who is suspended as well as Morgan Gould who's picked up a long-term injury. He's out for the rest of the season. In other football news Amazulu will be without top scorer Bornwell Mwape for tomorrow's clash with Polokwane City. He's picked up a foot injury. Also some mouth-watering UA for Champions League action to look forward to tonight. Quarterfinals sees Juventus welcome Monaco and Atletico come up against Real Madrid in the Milan uh, in the uh, Madrid Derby. In rugby news, Cheetahs coach Narka Drotsky's made one change to his team that beat the force last weekend for this Saturday's clash against the Reds in Blum. Springbok fullback Vili LaRue's rested as per the agreement with Saru. Kuni van Veik takes over in the number 15 jersey. And finally, distance swimmer Miles Browns qualified for the FINA World Long Course Championships in Russia in emphatic fashion with a new national record in the 400 meter freestyle in Durban. Brown and Olympic gold medalist Cameron van Berg were the first swimmers to book their places at the global showpiece on the first day of the 2015 South African National Champs at Kings Park Swimming Pool Complex yesterday. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we chat to Russell Domingo. This show is proudly brought to you by MTN Data Bundles. MTN, there's a data bundle for everyone. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is South Africa's news and information leader. Big news today is that uh, South African bowling coach Alan Donald has decided to step down from the Proteas. And we join now by the current Proteas coach, Russell Domingo. Russell, welcome on to SAFM. Thanks for your, your time this evening and uh, thank you for agreeing to chat. I know you're on a bit of a break after the World Cup, but uh, thanks for your time. 
Cool, Brad. Thanks for calling. No problem at all. Russell, big news. Uh, AD has been a, a big part of your sort of management setup in that squad, and uh, losing him is a big, big loss. No, it is. He's been around uh, for a while now. He's dead four years as the, the bowling coach was African. He's, he's played an immensely important part in the success of the side, so he definitely will be missed him. Look, he's, he's been intimating about it for the last couple of months with families and all sorts of commitments, so... Um, He's been on the road a long time as a player and now as a coach as well, so he probably feels it's time to settle down now. Russell, the, the term bowling coach at, at national level is a bit of a uh, misleading one, I think, because, I mean, the guys, you look at a guy like Dale Steyn, a guy like Vernon Philander, Mornay Morkel, I mean, they're great bowlers in their own own right from a, from a technical point of view. They don't really need coaching. It's more of a, a mentorship role uh, that, that Alan, Alan sort of fulfilled more than a coaching role. And, and, and he's, he's really left his, his, his mark on, on those three players in particular, I think. A lot of players have different needs. A guy like Dale is not a very technical person, whereas a guy like Morla is a very technical person. So you you cannot underestimate the value of good technical knowledge at that level, and Alan's got a lot of that. And uh, guys fed off him for different reasons. Some guys looked at him as a mentor. Some guys looked at him as a technical guy. Some guys really enjoyed the passion that he had um, and inspirational factor that he was as a player. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's... continue the development of some great fast bowlers for us. I know Vincent Barnes played a big part in those players' careers when, when they started and and uh, Alan's taken the, the mantle and run with him and, and done a great job in taking it forward. Russell, we, we've produced many great bowlers over the years and, and great bowling coaches too, but how do you replace someone like Alan Donald in that setup? I've often said that um, <laughs> in in, in terms of players, all players, no matter how great they are, all players at some stage get to the end and and a year or two later you you not forgot that they're playing but the game moves on. Uh, nobody's sort of irreplaceable. The game will always be there. And look, it's not going to be easy but hopefully in time to come that the team can continually develop um, with, without Alan. Um, and that's just the way cricket works. The guys can't be around forever. Uh, it's always changes here and changes there with coaches, with playing staff with management and you've you've got to make the best of it and, and try and see the positive in it and try and move on and, and try and improve from where you currently are so the, the game will go on and the team will, con- will continue Alan will be missed but, but life will go on and we've got to keep moving forward this is probably a difficult question to, to answer and, and in the statement that was released today Alan said that uh, after reflection after the World Cup he just decided that it was time to move on and, and he's, he's sort of calling it quits but uh, is it over? If, uh, I mean what are the possibilities of using him as a as a consultant for the odd two here or there kind of like you, you, we have done with, with the previous coach Gary Kirsten? No, obviously we need to think about that I think uh, in, in the meantime I think that there might be some uh, work for him to do in, the, in high performance levels I think the next tier of fast bowlers, their development is going to be very important with guys like Dale and Mona and Vernon having played a lot of tests in one day in the last year. I think it's important that we're going to earth the next tier of, of fast bowling crops and you will have an important role to play in those, those play development. So hopefully he can continue to be used within the systems because he's got a, a great amount of knowledge and information and he's a, a great source of inspiration to a lot of our fast bowlers. So I'm sure it's not the last year of Alan Donald, that's for sure. As far as finding a replacement, uh, what, what's the sort of timeline look like? Is it is it urgent to get someone in there straight away, or is it a case of let's make sure we find the right person for the job? I think it'll take a couple of weeks, I suppose. Um, I need to sit down with uh, with the CEO and, and the management and, and try and put our way forward and see if there's anybody that we want to 
headhunt or do we need to open up for advertising? Um, so a lot of discussions will need to take place regarding that. Russell, and then just finally looking looking ahead, uh, busy busy summer coming up uh, at the end of this year for for the Proteas. But, but what's next on the cards before then from you guys? When when do things start uh, firing up again? I know a lot of the players are involved in the IPL at the moment, but from a, a Proteas perspective, what's next? Yeah, next tour for us will be the Tour of Bangladesh, the end of June. Uh, quite an important tour for us in terms of one cricket and starting off Test cricket again because we haven't played a lot of Test cricket with a couple of big tours coming up this year to India. Um, big test series in India and uh, obviously the big test series in South Africa against England at the end of the year which is always a, a great occasion so um, we'll have a couple of weeks off and gather regather our thoughts and our strategies for the for the next summer and then um, come 30th of June we're on the plane to, to Bangladesh and um, hopefully we can start a, a new era for cricket when we get there Brilliant. Russell Mingo, South African coach of the Proteus. Thank you so much for your time this evening, Russell. Uh, like I said, uh, I know you are on a bit of a break, and we do appreciate you chatting to us tonight. Thank you. Cool, Brad. Thanks for the call. In terms of Section 28 of the Local Government Municipal Demarcation Act, the Municipal Demarcation Board invites members of the public to a meeting on the 16th of April at Moirefir Town Hall, KwaZulu-Natal, on the proposed determination and redetermination of municipal boundaries involving Umgeni, Mpofana, Impendle, Umvoti, Umgungundlovu, and Umzinyati municipalities. The meeting will start at 10. Details of the notice are available on the MDB website at demarcation.org.za. Your participation is important to us. For most people, gambling is harmless fun, but for some it can become a problem affecting their family or work life. If you need help with any kind of gambling problem, for yourself, a friend, a parent, or for someone you care for, call the National Responsible Gambling Program Counseling Line on 0800-006-008. That's 0800 006-008. Remember, winners know when to stop. This message is brought to you by the regulators and gambling industry of South Africa. SAFM Sports Wrap. It is day three of the Monte Carlo Rolex Masters, and it's been another gorgeous day in Monte Carlo. We head there live now. Catherine Whitaker is keeping an eye on the action. Uh, good evening, Catherine. Uh, an interesting day's tennis, but no big surprises. Interesting day of tennis, no major surprises, no major upsets for the big seeds, but certainly some intrigue uh, everywhere you look on the courts at Monte Carlo here today. Let's talk about uh, some, of, some of the results. It's been a, a good day for, for the French contingent. They, they've uh, looked pretty, pretty solid on the clay court. Absolutely. Wins today for the top French seeds, Monfils, Songa, Gilles Simon also getting a win in today, but also for French wildcard, Lucas Puy. Um, but that poor guy, uh, his uh, moment of glory might be a bit short-lived because he plays Rafael Nadal, the king of clay, tomorrow. He's one of the big names, uh, is Rafa, but uh, another one of the big names that's there this week is Novak Djokovic, and he obviously had a bye in the first round, but uh, he had a pretty easy run through to, to the third round today, straight set victory. Fairly straightforward for Novak Djokovic today. Didn't need to produce his best tennis. Um, certainly had to turn things up a gear in the second set when uh, his Spanish opponent came back in the middle a bit, raised his game. But of course, Novak Djokovic has always got gears to spare at this stage of the tournament. So eased through that first set, 6-1, had to step things up in the second set. But of course, when it mattered, he produced what he needed to and got through that set, 6-4. 
Yes, when you mentioned Rafael Nadal, I think uh, lots of eyes are going to be on him tomorrow. His season last season probably wasn't uh, as as good as he would have liked it to have been, and and obviously clay is his his favoured surface. So uh, a lot of people are going to be watching to see how he goes tomorrow and the rest of the week. Yeah, the eyes will be burning into Rafael Nadal tomorrow because, as you mentioned, his season so far has not been particularly good. Yes, he's been coming back from injury, um, but his re- results on the hard courts over in America have not been strong at all. And, of course, an exit to uh, Thomas Burditch at the Australian Open as well. But everybody has been saying, reserve judgment on Rafael Nadal until you see him on the clay. Well, that's exactly what we're going to be seeing this week in Monte Carlo. So uh, I think we'll know a lot more about how big a contender Rafael Nadal is for a 10th French Open title by the end of this week. Yeah, without a doubt. And also the big news is uh, the prize money has been increased at the French Open uh, this year as well. So a lot more money uh, on, on the table. And uh, will that drive Rafael Nadal? I doubt it. I just think he wants another title under his belt. Catherine Whitaker, thank you so much for your time this evening here on SAFM Sport Trap. We look forward to chatting again tomorrow uh, on PM Live. And uh, right now, coming up next, we're going to be chatting some rugby. G'day, sir. Welcome to Inkton. Hi. Can I have a wine? I think that's a bundle, please. Sure. One second, sir. Watch now as I turn your one gigabyte into two gigabyte right before your very eyes. Data! Buy a one gigabyte MTN data bundle in store or dial star one four one star two star triple nine hash and get an extra one gigabyte free. MTN data bundles. There's a bundle for everyone. T's and C's apply. MTN. Everywhere you go. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Mentioned it on the show last evening uh, that the Varsity Cup was concluding last night. It was the final and it was uh, a great, great match. High scoring uh, it was. Uh, the FNB University, the Free State, the Shimlers up against the Northwest University Picker. And in the end, it was Shimlers who were victorious by 63 points to 33. Almost 100 uh, points in that match. And what a game of rugby it was. And we join now by a victorious coach of the Shimlers, Franco Smith. Uh, welcome onto the show, Franco. Congratulations on, on the win last night. Thank you very much, Brad, and it's a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, yes, it's a, it, it was a wonderful evening, and it was a great spectacle, spectacle, spectacular, very spectacular with all the people coming in to watch the game. I think there was around about 12,000 people watching it, and I think it was uh, a great environment and an atmosphere that was really pleasurable. I think it was also a, a great advert for Varsity Cup Rugby. It's, it's been another successful season with some great rugby being played, and uh, and, and I think the final was uh, was a great tribute to that. Yeah, I think this is one of the South Africa's uh, top competitions. You know, um, I wasn't involved with it. Uh, with it, I wasn't in Italy for a long time, and I came back into it, and and I only realised once I was in it um, how big of a competition it is, and how much talent is being unearthed by it. And I think that uh, the way that the final was played was a great tribute to to a wonderful competition. As as far as the, the sort of goal going into a season like this, yes, everybody does want to win. You guys have come close uh, in previous years, but uh, this one, you, you you went into that that final and you just looked hungry. Yeah, I think that uh, was our main objective. To you know, not that we didn't try to change the brand of rugby that we were playing from the start. Um, we always say that we're going to practice to uh, with with all with maximum commitment. So once we get into a previous situation, we'll be 
trained for it, and I think uh, definitely the players were up, was was up for it. Um, you know, we were down um, with quite a bit of points. I think it was like 18-8, something like that, in, in the first 20 minutes, and the guys recovered very well, and they just stuck to their guns and kept on working at the things that they do well. And uh, in the end, the result was, you know, just... Uh, uh, was basically just a result of really hard work throughout the season and in the game as well. Without a doubt. Franco, there was also an announcement made of uh, a team that's going to be taking on the, the baby box and you're going to be coaching that team. It's, it's basically the Varsity Cup dream team. And just looking at that lineup, uh, you, you must, I mean, the, the team that you have been coaching, Shimmers is a, a pretty decent team, but uh, you've now got an opportunity to sort of uh, put your stamp on the, the best of the best that Varsity Rugby's got to offer. Yeah, obviously it's a privilege uh, to be involved with it. Uh, I think it will be a great showcase of South African Junior Rugby. We're now having the best uh, inter-varsity side on the field, or the best varsity side on the field with the, with the junior box of South Africa. Um, you know, I think it will will be something special to see, and it will be something um, you know that, that that will help these players on their, on their way in becoming professional um, in themselves. Look, looking at that matchup against the, the the sort of junior Springboks who who have in in their own right in their own right done pretty well over the last few years, and looking at a tournament like Varsity Cup Rugby, it's almost to me bridging the gap between our junior ranks and and senior rugby going on to sort of uh, Vodacom Cup and then Super Rugby or Curry Cup and then Super Rugby. It's it's just doing wonderful things for South African rugby. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I was involved with uh, a lot of curry cups before, and then obviously um, I know that there's a there tend to be a gap between the different levels. But I agree 100% that the Varsity Cup is a is an excellent platform, you know, to go on to become good curry cup type of players that will lead into um, Super Rugby, you know, and 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 if you're without the Varsity Cup. Uh, maybe that gap will remain, but the uh, intensity and the environment that the guys played in uh, ten weeks um, equals definitely a good character setup. Franco, from the outside, it looks like South African rugby is really healthy. You, you in the thick of it, you in the trenches uh, with, with that team as well. With with what you've seen going on, particularly at Varsity Cup level, are, are you satisfied that that Saru are on on the right track with regards to building the game, whether it be just from a numbers perspective, but also as far as the transformation of the of the game goes? Are we getting the the players coming through and particularly kicking on into senior level that should be? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, you know, I think the Varsity Cup uh, proved um, that, they, that, they, that the players of uh, all played on merit and all played really, really good rugby this year. Um, I think that um, you know, the, the, obviously the Varsity Cup broadens the base of South African rugby enormously, and um, more and more players that probably because it was an all student competition this year, you know, it, uh, there's a lot of players that wouldn't have been involved at this level. But now I had a chance, and I definitely feel that South African rugby is healthy, and I definitely feel that there's enough um, uh, opportunity for everybody to get better. If it's now um, being a student or not, there's more than enough opportunity for young players to come through and make the mark in the Curry Cup, and then later on to become the uh, super active players, and then obviously to become Springboks. Franco Smith, uh, victorious coach of the Shimlers, who are the 2015 Varsity Cup champions. Got a nice ring to that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, uh, you know, 
I said to them, I just finished uh, talking to the players just now, and I said to them, you know, that they've got 360 days to enjoy it. And uh, <laughs> and what they've done up to now will not be good enough for next year. So, obviously, I think, you know, um, you must enjoy it while it lasts. I know the celebrations went late into the night last night. You've got another function on. The bright fires have just been lit. Franco Smith, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Congratulations, and please pass on our best to, to the youngsters as well. It was a great game of rugby. Thank you. I will. Thank you very much. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is SAFM Sports Wrap, and despite failing to qualify for the All-Africa Games in Congo-Brazzaville in September, the South African national under-23 team coach Owen de Gama is positive about the team's chances to succeed in the Olympic qualifiers. On Saturday, the under-23s won 1-0 in the second leg against Sudan at the Dobsonville Stadium, but it wasn't enough to overcome the 2-0 loss in the first leg. The story could be different in the Rio Olympic qualifiers with most of the PSL and some of the overseas-based players available. SABC sport journalist Valile Mbuli has more on this story. When the PSL combined its fixtures at the beginning of the season, they factored in the Olympics qualifiers. It's for this reason that the APSA Premiership in particular will be closing on the 9th of next month. And this will be two weeks before the under-23 play their first qualifier away to Zimbabwe on the 22nd of next month. Almost 90% of the players who qualify and can make up a competitive under-23 squad are active in their PSL teams, and Takama is positive that they will be available next month. I, I think instead of looking for excuses, we should be looking for uh, solutions. And, and I think one of the solutions is maybe to allow maybe, this is just f- from my side, I think the powers uh, that, that maybe might come up with better solutions, but we are seeing now that, uh, I mean, I've been speaking to Gavin Hunt, I've been speaking to, to, to coaches personally, and I think the support from the coaches is getting better. They, they understand that we don't just send call-up letters up anymore. We talk to them, we discuss with them and see who they can avail to us. But, I mean, if it, if it was possible, my dream is if I can get one player from every PSL team and one player from the NFD, I think we'll put out a superb team out there. Let, let, let me correct you there, because yes. uh, some of those PSL clubs have sent you two or three players. You mean one player that is currently active? I, I, I believe so, because I mean, if you look at a lot of the, 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 the boys that we have, they are total quality, and they are fit, they are in good shape, these boys, but they, they are not match fit. Because they are fringe players, they are not getting enough matches to play. And I think that's the only uh, challenge we have, is to get that match fitness right. But you can see they are fit, they are in good condition. Um, and maybe also getting the reserve league of the Premier League going. So that, so that these boys can be getting game time and we can be monitoring them consistently to, you know, to, to, uh, um, to, to, to be able to assess. So for me, the only uh, uh, um, challenge is that uh, the quality is there, uh, the, the boys come from their various teams in good shape, but it's just the match fitness that we have to, to try and get. The current under-23 team, made up mainly of bench warmers and fringe players, who spend most of their time on the stands on match days, has played three matches in the past five weeks. And Takama says this has been a build-up to the Olympic qualifiers. I think this has been the preparation for the uh, uh, Olympic qualifiers. These matches that we play are, are preparation for the matches for the Olympic qualifiers in, in, in May. And uh, as you know, the league will be closing on the 9th. The, the PSL will be finishing on the 9th and the first division on the 10th. And we are playing on the 22nd. So it just gives you that hope 
that maybe you'll be able to get enough quality so that when we go into the Olympic qualifiers, you know, we, we've got a, a superb and a, and a quality team to be able to do that. With the National First Division having an under-23 role, it makes things easier for the selection team to get players that are active at this level and hungry too. But Safa doesn't seem to have a network of trained coaches scouting talent in all the six provinces where the NFD is played. We're trying our best. It's very difficult. But now what Safa has done, they've, they've appointed a technical director in, in, in all the LFAs. So what we also try and do, we try and, and, and network through the different coaches. And, and we speak to coaches. Like, I mean, I, I'd speak to Booby uh, Abrams and ask him about the goalkeeping situation. He's got a, you know, he's got a vast knowledge. And um, I speak to Sean Bartlett. And Sean Bartlett uh, uh, recommended um, Ricardo Gross. And you saw this boy, just a different quality. And, and, and these are the type of players that, uh, that we pick up through, through just interacting with the various coaches to make sure that we try and get, you know, the best, uh, 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 you know, the best quality players there. Now for the, the next game, I understand, I think it's supposed to be Zimbabwe or Swaziland yes. uh, in the Olympic qualifier. Yes. What's the approach, what's the plan for that, especially knowing fully that you will have players available? Yeah, I think the, the important thing is to sit down with the technical team, to sit down with, um, to, with, with management and understand whether we could have that two-week two week, um, preparation. But at least, you know, we've got some form of a, a foundation already. You can see some of these boys are, are, are really, uh, uh, really top quality players and, and they deserve to be here. So, you know, at least we've started somewhere. There's a bit of a base that we can build on and maybe improve here and there. Besides the locally based players, Dagama can also manage to get European based players like Pulema Raisane and Lebukhang Piri to make his squad stronger next month. He also says he tried to get 52 players into camp for this game, but only ended up with fringe players. Just for the record, Coach, how many players did you try to get here and you couldn't? I think you'll get a shock if I tell you, but it's in no disrespect to the coaches. I, I've been a coach in the PSL for, for many years, and I know how difficult it is when you're fighting relegation, when you're fighting to improve your, your position in the league, when you're fighting to win the league, and, and the NFD teams as well. You know, coaches are fighting for their, for their lives. So I understand the importance. At one stage, Tusopala was called up, and we're going to play in the semi-final of the Telkom Cup, and there's no way I could release him. So we understand the, 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 the challenges from the clubs as well. That's why what we're going to do now, it's after this, uh, we're going back to the hotel, the boys are going to get ice baths, they're going to be checked out thoroughly, so that when they go back to their clubs, they go back in good condition. So we also feel for the clubs. And when players that we've selected, like Paseka Sikese, gets promoted to Wits' first team and he plays, it's, it's just a plus to us as well that at least, you know, players are, are, are also getting promoted to, to, to the senior teams. How many players? 52. <laughs> and I could only get a few, but uh, we understand it. But uh, guys, it's not just about sending letters. We are interacting. And I must tell you, I'm so proud of our South African coaches, the Steve uh, Compellas that have released Kwanda Nguanyama, you know, and, and, uh, and um, Clinton Larson that allowed us to have Yataplo Morena. We are so proud of them because at least you could see there's something happening, something positive happening now with our national teams. Ayabule Lamakwaga, one of the players who have been promoted from the Amalchita side that took part in the African Youth Championships last month, played in an unfamiliar central midfield role on Saturday. He believes that the difference between this under-23 team and their successful under-20 side
is the time they have spent together, and that things will improve. Spending more time together, you know, uh, the under 20, you know, uh, we've been together since under 17, under 20, since Kosafa, you know, there's been a lot of building together with us, you know, whereas this team, you know, it's a team that was quickly had rushed up, you know, I think if this team had like more, more time together, I think it would be a very good team, as you saw, everybody was buzzing together, you know, I just think we just needed more time together, that's it. A win against Zimbabwe next month could see Takaman's side possibly playing Senegal in July, with a winner there going to the African under 23 championships in Democratic Republic of Congo in December, where the three teams to represent Africa in Brazil next year will be decided. Veli Lambuli, SABC Sport, Johannesburg. This show was proudly brought to you by MTN Data Bundles. MTN, there's a data bundle for everyone. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's it for another edition of SAFM Sport Trap. Don't forget, if you'd like to be in touch, you can. You can follow us on Twitter. Just search for SAFM Sport Trap. You can find us on Facebook as well. Before we go, cricket update for you. That first test match between the West Indies and England. Day two, the West Indies have resumed after lunch 16 without loss. England 399 all out in their first innings. And the IPL, Rajasthan Royals 49 for the loss of one. They need another 116 runs with nine wickets in hand and 12.5 overs remaining. That's it from my Brad Brown, the talk shop is up next until tomorrow at 6.30 when SAFM Sports Rap returns. It's cheers.